0: again i get to see
1: you it was such a long break but it was such a lovely break
0: except both of us thought we were gonna be able to factor in a bit of rest into our preparations and we really didn't that did not happen
1: actually no no i i just decided to use the break to pick up even more chaos and responsibility
0: yeah, you got a dog, and by a dog, I mean a puppy. A puppy. I got a puppy. He's he, a big oh boy.
1: God. He's
0: such a big boy.
1: I got a Bernese Mountain Dog and Great Pyrenees Mix puppy.
0: His paws are the size of dinner plates. <laughs> I
1: love him. He's already, like, half the size of Otto. And Otto's maybe about 45 pounds.
0: Oh, by the way, Tracy's puppy's name is Malcolm, and if you're not obsessed with Malcolm, you're kicked out. Thank you.
1: (laughs) Malcolm, or Teddy Bear, or Freckles, or Sleepy Bear, or Thumper. We mostly call him Sleepy Bear or Thumper, because he, like, thumps around and he's really excited. So he doesn't know what his name is. He responds well to Malcolm. He knows his name is Malcolm. Um, But full disclosure for everyone listening, that's not a name. People are like, what is Malcolm for? Like, why would you choose Malcolm? Like, I didn't.
0: It's a good just, name, though. It's not like he came with the name Spot or whatever. Just like insert generic dog name that could like has no intrigue. You're like, "Ah, oh, yes, he is a dog. So his name is Dog Name. Malcolm is like a weighty name.
1: They named all the dogs in this litter from the show Arrow. So they've been naming all the litters with themes. So he's Malcolm Merlin, who is a mostly villain, sometimes not from the show Arrow, which was a favorite show of mine in college. So it was <laughs> fate. It was fate. So I my cousin is the one who raises these puppies. Because she has a goat farm where they make goat milks <laughs> they make goat milk stuff, which is also the name of their company.
0: This story gets better and better, and I know it. I know it. I've know. been around and it's still
1: it just worked out it was fate someone dropped out and i was able to get in and get malcolm
0: the worst part of all of this and i don't want anybody getting any ideas because i would not do this for a human baby tracy has this app thing that i and a couple family members and friends are on and we get Daily updates and photos of Malcolm. And I am so enthusiastic about receiving these puppy videos and photos. I consider myself Malcolm's godmother. Don't correct me. It's my headcanon. Um, Even though I live across the country. (laughs) (laughs) But the amount of squidgy joy I feel for this puppy is I imagine what most people feel about human babies
1: yeah i have to imagine it's probably similar to how i felt when my nephews were born and i have to clarify because this app is designed for human babies and my older sister uses it for her her human babies for all of us to see them and another sister of mine asked if i was going to do one for malcolm and i thought she was joking and i kind of laughed and the next day she's like i wasn't kidding (laughs) because she lives in california (laughs) And doesn't get to see the puppy. So I, I created. Hate uh, I, hate I hate this life. <laughs> <laughs> so instead of posting him all over social media, which is only a few pictures of him there, it's a private social media for my family for an app designed for babies.
0: <laughs> <laughs> We're adult people. This is what adulthood is. Hi, I'm Rowan Hall. Hi, I'm Tracy Harrison. And this is Willing and Fable. We are back, and we're the podcast that brings you original retellings and in-depth research on the history, mystery, and mythology that makes
1: the world so gosh darn fascinating. And if you, dear listener, would like to support our podcast, you can leave us a review. Find us on Patreon at patreon.com slash willingandfable. Check out our merch on our willingandfable.com site or You can sit in a nice reading nook surrounded by all your favorite books and escape into a fantasy world that is all your own. But no matter what you do, we are happy to have you here and we are happy to be back. We're acting like
0: we went away for a century. (laughs) We're like the locusts that come out only seven
1: years. Is that a
0: thing? Is that the thing? Did I just pick It was 17
1: years. Brood X. Every seventeen but, years.
0: So not only was I wrong about the fact, I also chose to compare us to bugs. Great, yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm, I can't. So uh, right. <laughs> Would you like to thank some people, Rowan? Oh no, I feel like too much of a crawly bug. No, actually, this is genuinely so cool. We got a bunch of new patrons. W-
1: we did. We did. I, people genuinely like the show. The my favorite comment we've gotten a couple times now, which makes me I'm not I'm not kidding. Genuinely, is it's a, at least a week long of serotonin and joy, is when people say they like this podcast because they feel like they're sitting down with two friends.
0: Oh, I know. You know that video? It makes the rounds on social media all the time, but it's two, I presumably young women. I'm not sure. Um, in a small business very nicely decorated shop someone finishes checking out at the register it's the view from a security camera and immediately after they duck down behind the desk and like high five each other and giggle
1: i have not seen that but that's so cute
0: i have to find it because that's what you and i do Mm -hmm. every time people say anything (laughs) nice to us (laughs) It feels so good! And so, hey, new patrons! Carly R, Joe P, Rachel, Sasha H, thank you so much for being our patrons. You are the only reason we get to keep podcasting at all. We are so happy to have you and meet you on the Discord. And, boy, are we so glad to be back. We have other very cool news.
1: We are so excited to share something new with you guys.
0: Leah from Greenleaf Geek, you know, our close personal friend, Leah. Um,
1: She called us, her friends, on our call with her. I know. And I didn't want to make a big deal about it, but Leah, I think you're so cool and the fact that you said we're friends.
0: (laughs) This is so unfair because we're geeking out about it and then she's going to hear it. Oh, this is going to be embarrassing later. But the point is, Leah was... Our sponsor for all of the spring and then she messaged us and wanted to to make custom dice for us again and support Willing and Fable in arguably the best possible way because today's episode is 100% in existence due to Leah. She came up with the brilliant idea mm-hmm. of creating... Rosalind and Thea custom dice and adding curated dice to her collection online. She added the wizard dice, the rogue dice. We have noble magician and we have blood oath
1: dice. We have blood oath dice, baby. They're gorgeous.
0: I'm so excited and it was very charming. A couple of our
1: patrons found the wizard and the rogue dice before we announced them. They did. They did. That was very clever of them. And getting to work on these custom dice with Leah was one of the coolest experiences because I was so limited in what I was imagining was possible. And then she just walked up and kicked down that door and just opened up a whole new world of possibilities.
0: She's such an a clever artist she has Mm -hmm. such continuity of vision we gave her i want to say nothing to work with compared to what she gave us like she had ideas based on the story
1: she just had nothing i was no thought head empty you (laughs) came in with at least a little bit of vision and i was like that is so smart of rowan to have this vision i just want it to be magical and she's like, okay, we can do this, this, and this, and I can do this. And I was like, that's so magical. <laughs> like, that was my contribution.
0: So my custom green leaf geek dice designed for Rosalind have red satin roses inside of them, tiny daggers. They have all these beautiful, dark, sparkly bits. I feel like they're a bit of an Easter egg for part of the story that listeners haven't heard yet and that's Mm -hmm. that's kind of fun too
1: (laughs) oh it's so you it's so you to have like that extra little secret Mm. (laughs) for Thea they are blue white and gold themed with magical looking trinkets inside
0: that was so brilliant Leah just came up with that and just started pulling out bits and bobs she uh,
1: I mean just uh, like we're talking skulls we're talking keys they are just it's like you walked in to Thea's apartment plus magic, all in one, all shiny and shimmery and beautiful. I, I couldn't have, in my wildest dreams, come up with these on my own. And Leah just is a true artist.
0: And now Tracy and I are building actual character sheets for Rosalind and Thea because we might play them in a one-shot home game because now we have these dice and we're dying to use them for our actual characters this is the best. If Guys, if you want custom dice made by Leah or some of the curated dice linked to the story, go to greenleafgeek.com or follow Greenleaf Geek on Instagram and Twitter. When you order, you can still use our custom coupon code FABLE, that's F-A-B-L-E, for 10% off your order. Some restrictions apply, and today's episode is going to be a new chapter of The Wizard and the Rogue, thanks to Greenleaf Geek.
1: All right, this was written by you, Rowan, and I am very excited to see it. Normally, I get, like, a hint from you when you're working on stuff. You run ideas or thoughts by me. I got nothing. Nothing. You were were radio silent.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Which means this chapter is either going to be great, chef's kiss, or you're just going to smile and nod.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I'm almost 100% certain it's going to be great chef's kiss and I'm going to need to take breaks because I'll be laughing out loud or like very excited
0: and this is kind of a behind the scenes bit of information usually this info is cut out and dropped in our bloopers but Trace you're going to have to be on your A-game because there's a little bit of interrupting that goes along with Thea's dialogue and I just want you to know that and tell everyone that she's never read this before (laughs) (laughs) Uh, remember i love you okay chapter four rosalind was up for an hour before she let the wizard know she was awake Her face was smashed into the hardwood of the apartment floor when she came to consciousness, and that's exactly where she stayed for approximately 27 minutes. It was after Thea thumped a particularly heavy book onto her particularly wobbly table that she could pantomime a disgruntled stretch and roll into a new position, eyes still firmly closed. The poor wizard stood paralyzed with nerves every time Rosalind merely twitched likely out of fear of the murderess leaping up off the floor, wildly swinging her knife in a half-asleep state. But it turned out to be one of the few loud sounds the wizard had made all morning. The girl's footsteps were careful, if not clumsy, and she moved around the room like someone who spent a lot of time desiring not to attract attention. Rosalind had hoped Thea would sit down to write an important letter, needing to dictate the entire thing aloud, of course, so that she might learn that the wizard was actually a foreign princess in hiding, or long-lost sister to the sable of speech. But such things never happened when Rosalind was staking out a target, and her faux sleep was no different. If anyone was stupid enough to behave in such a way revealing their entire life story through comical monologuing, well, an assassin of Rosalind's caliber was entirely too expensive for the job. Thea seemed pretty simple. It sounded like she occasionally ran into her own piles of clutter, but Rosalind would guess it was more absent-minded than any lack of coordination— and the girl had the habit of periodically humming a little tune before she would remember Rosalind sleeping on the floor. So the assassin waited until she started her song again. It's not my birthday, but you may continue singing so long as you also provide cake. Watching Thea nearly leap into the air in surprise was more gratifying even than a first sip of morning coffee. (gasps) <clears throat> Good morning. Rosalind hoisted herself to her feet, feeling fifty years older for the previous day's adventures and time sleeping on the splintering floor. She could feel the marks of wood grain still pressed into her cheek. The sun was streaming through the broken window, and the morning sounds of the city were pouring in. Street vendors pulling their carts to the market, and seagulls from the nearby wharf calling from rooftops. Have you any food? I was reading about- uh, No, you go first. So- sorry, I- yeah, You um, were
1: saying- uh, So yeah. I've been looking for any mention of blood oaths in my books. Rosalind sighed and
0: began twisting up her hair, scooping up the nearest ink pen to hold it
1: in place. I don't know what you expect me to do with this profane magic. No one even oh, knows what- wizard. There's more to the
0: world than what your saint of scribbles allows them to dictate. Thea rolled her eyes.
1: Yes. Well, I have no way of learning it, and also, the Saint of Scribbles isn't a real saint, and you very well know that. Coffee. I'm afraid I only have tea at the moment.
0: At Rosalind's equally vitriolic eye-roll, Thea got to work, putting her kettle over the room's small fire. She'd spelled the charming contraption to sing like a bird when the water boiled, rather than the normal garish whistle, and she was eager to show it off to her first and only guest. Thea hoped for a friendly morning between them. She and Rosalind could sit down over her last crust of bread, and they might come up with a way to end the oath. What are you trying to learn precisely, Miss Thea Crestgrove of the Iron Moor.
1: That is not my name.
0: She could feel her hope for a charming day crumbling. I don't know your name.
1: Are you always like this in the morning? Yes, I am.
0: Miss Thea Lonash of Grimcliff. Stop that. I shall not. You haven't even been awake for a full minute. Thea groaned. Last hope, gone. Doing her best to huff away with some dignity, she began pulling various leaves and petals from jars over the fireplace. Her work was suddenly loud and clattery, as if someone gave her permission to add all the sound back into the room now that Rosalind was up and moving. Her right hand flew from one container to the next, and her left hand never stopped stirring the pile of greenery mounting in a small bowl, a show of skill that caused Rosalind to quirk an eyebrow with ambidextrous approval. There was a long moment of frustrated silence between the pair, while Rosalind prowled around the room openly staring at Thea and pawing through her things, Thea hid her face behind her thick curtain of bangs and focused on making a ridiculously good tea. So good, it would make her new companion shut up and maybe say something nice for once. So, Miss Thea Hallowveil of... uh, Not
1: all surnames are just two words smashed together.
0: Mrs. Thea Stop.
1: of... Stop, stop, stop. You are like... God, you're like a dog with a bone every time. Just leave it
0: alone. Thea could feel the muscles in the small of her back quivering in anger, and she'd slammed the table so hard it was in genuine danger of toppling over. The worst part was that the tightness building in the back of her throat made her want to impress Rosalind with the damn tea even more, which was ridiculous. They were both tired from the previous day's near-death experiences. She had a headache, and though Rosalind seemed to be moving as fluidly as ever, Thea had no doubt she had more than a few bruises. Not even bothering to wait for the kettles sing, she slurped the boiling water into the nicest of the two crummy mugs and forced it into Rosalind's hand as the early floral of the brew began filling the room.
1: It's stone. It's Thea Stone. And I have work to catch up on. Stop! Stop touching things! I live here. This is my home, and you've already broken one of my only two chairs last night, and I... She took a deep breath. I have work to do.
0: Thea could feel herself sputtering in a most unattractive way, and her back automatically straightened, and her chin began to jut up at the taller girl. "'I don't think you'd be so tense if you drank coffee.' Rosalind slurped her tea pointedly. "'You
1: do not get to be glib. You just woke up. I wanted to be nice. I have bread.' and cheese no 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 you do not get to
0: correct me in fact you don't get to complain not ever you need to answer every question i ask when i ask it and then say please can i have some more you would be twice dead if i had not been here
1: why are we still doing this "'Now I'm in heretical blood oath that I didn't even sign up for.' "'Well, technically you did sign up.' "'Shut up. I am a wizard. "'I study magical theory. "'If I must have an assassin for a shadow, "'at least let it be a silent one.' "'The room did go silent.
0: "'At Thea's words, Rosalind went so silent that the very air seemed to still. Thea suddenly felt like a rabbit under the gaze of a hawk and wished she were holding more than a teacup. Note to self, do not speak to Rosalind before she's drunk her morning coffee. As if on cue, Rosalind took another sip of her drink, placing it gently on a nearby stack of books. She stepped toward Thea, slowly, and when she spoke... Her voice was so quiet, Thea felt herself straining to hear. Presumably, you might be attached to me, indefinitely, if assassins keep coming and we never arrive at the source of your woes. As she stalked forward, Rosalind lifted the cover of every book she passed, glancing at the first page of each. I might... Accompany you on errands. Rosalind lifted up a book titled Kitchen Witchery. (laughs) I might accompany you on dates. She pulled out a small red book titled The Subtlety, Efficacy, and Morality of Various Love Potions from Across the Realm. I might even accompany you to school. When Rosalind held up this book... She opened the cover. The bookplate said, "'Library of the lysara School for Noble Magic.'" Thea's jaw tightened, but she refused to speak. Rosalind saw her expression and knew she'd arrived at a hole in the young girl's armor. "'You are no mere wizard. People do not send assassins after the local wizards that pass out poultices and share the same five books. You are a noble magician.'" Thea, and you will tell me your name.
1: I am not a student of Lassera any more.
0: <laughs> Does that mean your family can't or won't buy your way back in? The speed with which the wizard moved shocked Rosalind. All of the sudden, sweet little tea-drinking Thea was hurling a teacup at her head and rushing forward, screaming, and making as if she would try to toss Rosalind out the window. The girl's eyes looked crazed, and her movements had the broad desperation to match. The assassin simply sidestepped the first intended impact, and Thea had to stop herself from barreling out her own window. But she turned quickly, and suddenly a new item was hurtling toward Rosalind's head. There was no time to identify it before she ducked, but the sound against the far wall told Rosalind that whatever it was would have hurt a lot. This was not the reaction Rosalind had prepared for. And for the thousandth time in the last five minutes, she prayed to any saint who was listening for a cup of God's be damned coffee. Thea was panting with an exertion she didn't quite feel, and for everything she hurled at Rosalind's head and every lunge she took at the taller woman, the assassin simply evaded. She knew in the rational back corner of her mind that to take on Rosalind was either to succeed or sign up for instant death. And though that part of her was screaming that she absolutely could not win this fight, there was a much larger, much less rational part of herself that knew death was a better option than truth. So, she hurled a fireball at the other girl. It didn't really matter if her entire room went up in flames, if the chances of her own survival were diminishing, and frankly, she could barely think through her own panic. And all the while she lunged forward, throwing blast after blast, Rosalind just kept dodging. She was silent in a way Thea had never seen the expert killer during a fight. Her eyes roved the room, but the assassin never picked up anything that might serve as a weapon. Thea didn't understand that Rosalind was wishing very much, very, very much, that the wizard had shelled out the monthly coin for lodging that didn't face the morning sun. The murderess of the Vili Svere was rolling her fingers like a piano player reaching for luxurious keys. It was a slight movement, one that Thea wouldn't clock, very few people could. But the room was too bright with the late morning sun, and so her gestures were simply the flexing of a hand and nothing more. By now, Thea was making her way towards Rosalind again. She'd given up the fireball act now that the room was dark with smoldering craters. This time, she was clutching a large glass beaker like a drunk in a bar. Thea's bangs were plastered to her forehead with sweat, and she couldn't quite tell if the black spots in her vision were the damage from her fire or the signal that she might pass out from anxiety.
1: Are you going to give up on the name?
0: No. You know I can't do that and keep you alive. If Thea had listened past the woman's first word, she might have understood Rosalind's next move much better. But she was too busy smashing the end of the bottle she carried, turning it into a shimmering blade of glass. Rosalind for all her confusion, waited until Thea started rushing her again, noting that she might need to give the wizard a few lessons in self-defense if they were both going to survive. At the last moment, the assassin lowered her arms to her sides, dropped her shoulders, stood to her full height, and stepped forward to embrace Thea's thrust. If Thea had more, or any experience stabbing someone, she would have noticed her newest problems sooner. The momentum of her attack took them to the ground, and though Rosalind seemed somewhat prepared for the fall, the bookish girl definitely was not. For every bump on the wooden floor, for every crunch of glass that sounded under her sprawling form, it felt as if each knock were doubled. And her chest ached right by her sternum. Suddenly, it felt like she couldn't catch a breath around the stabbing pain in her chest. Thea had a moment of wondering if the Saint of Sight were delivering an instant punishment for a violent crime against another person. Then the thought bubbled out of her in a quiet, mad laugh— She also couldn't help but notice that, despite the previous day's exertions, the blonde smelled faintly of... flowers? No, it was something else. And Rosalind, who'd ended up on top of Thea, levered herself up on locked elbows. She could feel the tiniest trickle of blood seeping into her eyebrow, and she could see that small, offending shard of glass nestled into Thea's forehead. Then, she looked down. The beaker was heat-resistant, so the thick glass looked especially menacing coming out of Rosalind's chest. It hurt to breathe, but not in a way that was particularly concerning, she hoped. Her arms were shaking more than she would like, and Rosalind didn't like the fuzzy, vague feeling that was coming into being at the corner of her vision. This was just a scratch and didn't warrant a shock response. Well... Thea was shocked. Because right there, in the middle of her own chest, blood was seeping out of an empty, matching wound. Rosalind could see the cold of a bleeding panic falling over the young magician. You... You
1: you stabbed
0: me! No, Thea, I think we can both see very clearly that you stabbed me. Thea was still looking down at her own chest, bewildered by the increasing circle of blood that was soaking her shirt. It really was dramatic. Rosalind was a little proud of the theatricality of the moment, but the wound wasn't really that bad. It was just bloody. Thea, still as a corpse, her eyes wide and her brain clearly disintegrating, did not appreciate the moment in the way the assassin did so rosalind slapped her a sharp smack across the face that drove the small flecks of glass right into the wizard's skin then she reached up and cupped her own cheek with a growl please don't make me do that again i like my face as it is Rosalind could feel the large shard of glass bumping against her bone every time she moved and she shifted a bit, prepared to leave the piece in her chest for just another moment. Thea blinked up at her, and the assassin could tell from her furrowed brow that the other girl was thinking a bit more clearly. So now she could rip out the glass. Thea groaned feeling every little sliver of the homemade blade as if it were leaving her own chest. Rosalind tossed it aside and looked down impassively as her blood dripped onto the woman underneath her. "'We sealed a blood oath. "'Any violence you inflict on me, you will have wrought upon yourself.' Any long-time practitioner of magic, noble or heretical, can feel when an everlasting truth is spoken. The reality of Rosalind's words stretched forever forward and forever back in time from this moment. It was a truth unmoving as any law that governed the world. Here they were again, this stubborn pair— the very essence of their life pooling into one another for the second time in as many days. A terror struck Thea that she could not name, and so she knew she could no longer resist. No hope for secrecy could remain between them.
1: Thea. Thea Blackthorne. My name is Thea Blackthorne.
0: At Rosalind's look of recognition, the bleeding wizard continued.
1: Yes, as in seat, Blackthorn, justice to the saint of sight. The Eamon Blackthorn.
0: Rosalind's lips curled into a silent snarl, and she could feel her own heartbeat in the tips of her fingers. For the first time, perhaps in their entire acquaintance. The two women were on the same page. Things were not going well. There's not a book in here that mentions anything about blood earths.
1: No, not really.
0: Rosalind nodded solemnly. She was embarrassed to say, "'We're beginning to arrive at the ends of my knowledge, "'and I think we might be seeing a fair bit of one another for a while.'" Thea tried to make her voice inviting, despite the fact that they were actively bleeding on to one another.
1: You tell me what you know on our way to the library.
0: In her over two decades walking this mortal realm, Thea had never encountered a problem that a library couldn't help. You said you're not a student anymore. Rosalind tipped her head down to the blood seeping out of her fresh wound by way of explanation.
1: Oh, I'm not.
0: Rosalind waited for more of an explanation, but was unsurprised when she didn't get one. Rolling onto her back, she groaned and shut her eyes. Standing up, Thea said, The tea was decaf, by
1: the way. broken children so much. <laughs> oh, I love your writing style just so much. I think my favorite part of the whole chapter. I mean, I loved a lot of the chapter. I just really love the thing of like I'm going to ask questions, you're going to answer, and then I'm going to ask more and then you're going to say please and like, please, can I have some more? Like that whole bit, just that like. Oh, please, it's Daddy so Assassin,
0: big. can I have please, some more questions? Diddy. <laughs> Diddy more questions, please. <laughs> so just in case anyone listening doesn't quite understand, Tracy is so addicted to coffee. So Rosalind's coffee addiction <laughs> is based on Tracy. I only drink tea. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> the the coffee reality of this chapter wrote itself and i i got to the end and thea 100 decided on her own to be a shady shady lady about the decaf situation
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's i i very much felt that whole like hold on hold on hold on hold on you're doing a lot of talking and I cannot process information at the moment. I feel that. I feel that in my bones. And I love that you swapped it. So Raza loves the coffee. Thea loves tea. I also really felt that whole thing being like, look at me. I'm going to make you the best goddamn tea in your life. It's going to be so goddamn good.
0: <laughs> I am so mad at you. You're going to love this. <laughs> Baby Thea's got a fawn response. She's got a strong strong fawn response.
1: I would disagree with that given the stabbing.
0: Well, she's also got a lot of trauma. Yes. <laughs> she what if stabbing an assassin is a fawn response to an assassin?
1: <laughs> oh my god, I think you're right. <laughs> 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 oh as always that was chef's kiss beautiful amazing oh so good i just was grinning from ear to ear like your witty banter the way you like wove the story you integrated some of our fun little world building you guys we have all of these exciting concepts we're going to introduce you to for this whole fleshed out world we've created
0: it is so weird, alternating chapters, and it hasn't stopped being weird yet. And you guys don't understand, Tracy and I communicate all of the time, and still somehow this is a weirdly difficult thing to share, because I've put in more than a few things in this chapter, uh, most especially for Thea, but that, you know, you can't just give away all in one moment. But for all I know, Tracy isn't interested in those things and isn't going to pick them up. And for all I know, she put in an Easter egg in the last chapter that I just completely glazed over. It's, wow, can we just have a shared brain?
1: I know. A shared brain would be great. Um, It's also going to be interesting to see what our listeners pick up on, especially as we reveal more. You know, we're trying not to give it all away at once. We're trying to build some suspense.
0: <laughs> it's it's an interesting format because in our other episodes the structure is give it all away in one episode you have to or it's not getting give not... It all away
1: in one episode it is start a story build it end it all cohesively here it's how can you pick up the pieces of what someone else handed you weave something together give them more pieces to play with and hand it back it's zip zap zap basically <laughs> We can't just do a podcast. We had to do a podcast where we do a ton of research and we do creative writing every week. And then on top of that, we had to create a basically a radio drama.
0: I love it. We have such a cool life.
1: We have a cool life. We just have the best audience. This this yeah. whole story came out of the fact that our listeners loved the really impromptu one we did last year. And that made us, made our geeky little hearts sing. So thank you, listeners. This is completely because of you guys and our patrons, especially, who were telling us in the Discord how much they liked it. They were going to be excited. Oh, they love when Thea gets beat up. <laughs> <laughs> you
0: know, I just... Well, this is so weird. Normally, people who write don't get to, like, talk about their headcanon. And just because something's a headcanon, like, that chapter exists and whatever you guys thought about it is what it is. But my headcanon, unrelated to me as a writer is Mm -hmm. just, you know, Thea's got some things going on we can't talk about, but she just keeps getting physically assaulted by this other woman that she's stuck with, and I just think, (laughs) tied into these other things I can't reveal, there's just, like, a... uh, uh. There's anger.
1: There's anger and trauma under the surface that's just, like, boiling through a very... What what uh, up until the start of the story seems to have been a very composed personality, a very kind of attempting to be very regal, very clearly, it sounds like noble upbringing.
0: I think Thea is less regal than Rosalind or less calm and put
1: together than Rosalind. Oh, 100%. 100%. Rosalind has consistently had a, a clear head under pressure. Rosalind hasn't had a freakout yet.
0: Well, because this isn't like freakout level for her yet.
1: No. Um, no, this is all very much in her wheelhouse. And so it's going to be really it's going to be really exciting to me to get to see what breaks Rosalyn. Cuz we've broken Thea. I
0: don't know if we've broken Thea yet. I haven't broken Thea. The most I can break Thea yet.
1: No. Oh, no. She's not like done, broken. She's just we did not give her a very easy start to the story.
0: No, no we didn't. And I also I imagine there's a bit of envy inside her because she's encountered – there are two young women living in this world that, you know, so far the enemies we've seen are violent men. So we have kind of Mm -hmm. an idea of what society is like. And I think Thea might have a little bit of jealousy about the fact that Rosalind actually gets to solve her problems with violence. Like, violence is a viable solution for Rosalind. When people die, she's like, ah, yes, I achieved my goal.
1: Yeah. (laughs)
0: And Thea doesn't get to have that.
1: (laughs) Yeah, and we've talked about it from the other perspective, too, of of Rosalind feeling... A little insecure, potentially. Again, this is also our headcanon, which is in we're no way such, the only.
0: such awful people. We write a story that is separate and we have a headcanon.
1: I know. We're like, anyway, we're the writers, but this is what we think. Um, but also, <laughs> stories belong to the readers and the listeners. But I like to think, and it's mentioned a few times of Rosalind saying, like she's embarrassed to say, we've reached the end of my knowledge. The fact that Thea is so smart and so book smart and knowledgeable I think it's something that Rosalind doesn't have, and it's, it's the first time she's interacted so closely and consistently with someone with a wildly different skill set than hers. And at this point in the story, I think it's mostly served to be like, yeah, I'm better than her because I can navigate these waters where Thea's just freaking out and throwing fireballs left, right, and center. But as things progress, I'm curious, I would love and I dream of a scenario where we put Rosalind completely out of her comfort zone and Thea completely in control.
0: I mean, I'm not saying that you could zip-zap-zop your way to doing that next chapter oh, if you plans. want to.
1: Already? Oh, no, it would, it would. it's too soon. They're, we need—listen, they're in their bickering phase. I know. I so
0: badly wanted them to be somewhere else this chapter. I had a whole other thing, and then I, I couldn't get them to get there. They couldn't get there. They weren't there yet. Yeah. Um, they were just tired and under-caffeinated and— Come on, y'all haven't wanted to stab someone before morning coffee? I
1: say this like a coffee drinker. I know. (laughs) You drink matcha. You're a matcha lover.
0: Okay, if another gosh darn listener comes at me about how it tastes like grass, I didn't know this was such a hot
1: take. Oh, matcha, you either love it or you hate it. Well? I don't think I've ever met anyone who's ambivalent about matcha. Hmm.
0: I so badly want to say I'm ambivalent about Machi, even though one sentence previous I proved that I'm not. Just disagreeable. Well, there you have it, everyone. Everyone's bleeding again.
1: I love it. I love it very much. So, Trace, do you want to tell me something good? I would love to tell you something good. So we talked about it at the beginning. My one kind of big something good is obviously that I have a puppy now. I've loved dogs my whole life. Now I have a teddy bear puppy of my very own
0: give me a specific malcolm story i guess a good moment malcolm story i want to know
1: okay 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 i was outside with him um and i have a neighbor a few houses down from me who has this adorable super sweet little white fluffy dog really small i would say maybe 15 pounds but loves to run uh loves to zoom around in circles and really likes malcolm So she and I take them both off of the leashes so they can run around each other, and we're standing on kind of a gently sloping hill, (laughs) and they bump into each other, and Malcolm just, being a puppy, doesn't understand his own body, somersaults and rolls down his side the (laughs) whole length of the hill. Just keeps – halfway down, I think he's just started having fun and just kept (laughs) going. (laughs) So he he knocked into uh, my neighbor's dog and then just rolled down an entire hill. That was very adorable. That's
0: so cute. I really like the video of Otto and Malcolm having the same stick in their mouth. Trying to yes, walk.
1: Branch manager and assistant branch manager. That was <laughs> that was a walk we took with them. Otto found a big stick and Malcolm wanted to be a part of it.
0: I hate that joke. I hate it. You're out. <laughs> You're
1: fired. <sighs> okay. Fair. But before I go, I want to say my last something good is that um, I am – for our friend group's book club that Rowan and I are both a part of, we are reading The Thursday Murder Club. <gasps> I'm done. By Richard Osmond. I am not done. I am a yes, little over I beat halfway you through. you to the end of
0: a book. <laughs> <laughs> that never happens, you guys. Tracy
1: spends so much more time reading fiction than I do. Listen, I, I can't do anything anymore because of a dog, so um, – that's the trick. Just get me more dogs and then you can always beat me at reading. Ha! It's such a good book. It's so good, you guys. It's so charming. It's so funny. It is so witty. Thursday Murder Club by Richard Osman is about a bunch of septa and octogenarians solving a murder.
0: And this gives nothing away because they're the main characters, but having the main characters not be a teenager saving the whole world is so nice it's so nice because i think especially in the social media sphere we just think that people expire at 25 35 whatever age you want we live for ideally i suppose a hundred healthy ideally years yeah what be the main character
1: darn it every single part of this book is charming like it's just delightful it's delightful. There's a
0: sequel coming out. Mhm. And if you can get your hands on the interview he did Uh I heard it because um it it's on, it's at the end of the audiobook. Um mm. and my oh, friend has an audible... the audiobook.
1: I'm listening to the audiobook and the narrator is I think the best narrator I've ever heard for an audiobook. Interesting. Yeah. I am I really love the way that she narrates this book. I'm
0: listening to it now and it is very good and getting reading something for us or hearing i suppose something for a second time immediately after is very fun but it's Mm. uh, 10 out of 10 we're gonna put it on the recommendations page buy it from your local bookstore order it from a small bookshop support the places that make your community good with your purchases of literature
1: (laughs) all right ron it's your turn tell me something good
0: uh So right off the bat, I'm going to say Tracy and I both use the Willing and Fable TikTok to peruse the annals of TikTok, which means that we share content all the time. We like things all the time and can see what each other like. It's awesome. But I liked a video a few weeks ago, and then it took me two
1: hours to find it again
0: because there's (laughs) two people's worth. Of likes.
1: Yeah, I, I, I text those things to myself now because I've made that mistake a few times.
0: I do. I do now also. I think because you told me to do that. Um, And then I never look at... Anyway, TikTok user Lady Speech Sankofa made a video that I saw a few weeks ago that just has inspired me so much it stuck in my brain so she was responding to a comment and i don't know what original video that was on and it said i am fully european can i research and learn about voodoo practices without actually practicing it if you guys have listened to our voodoo voodoo episode We're not going to get into the pronunciation there and all the meanings behind it. I cannot encourage you enough to follow this amazing creator. I'm about to paraphrase, but her response was so fascinating. She pointed out that before countries in Europe began colonizing the rest of the world, they colonized themselves. So... People tend to think that the only option for culture for people who is white is this just very homogenous, pretty much Christian Mm -hmm. version of what we people can appreciate. And that is absolutely not true. And this woman took the time and pointed out and said, quote, you have a magic that is native and indigenous to you. And she went further to talk about how, you know, learning the pre-Christian history of traditionally white nations is a part, and Tracy and I can confirm that it is a very fun part, of dismantling white supremacy. Because so often that is tied into a homogenization. And in the 2021 world where We spend so much time online and the number of websites we all visit is shrinking. We all go to the same websites. Context is becoming increasingly important because so often things that are posted, things that are said, realities that exist in the outside world are not made for you. But that doesn't mean that there isn't something that is made for you. And, you know, friendly reminder, there are closed practices around the world and learning and appreciating what people say about their own culture is not the same as appropriating. Again, please watch this woman's TikTok. But I, I realize that that video inspired me so much because I devote a lot of my time to trying to learn about the things that can't be homogenized from
1: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: especially parts of europe i guess in this case and it, it's just so exciting to to have that reminded to me and I, I hope that the person who asked that question and all of us who are hearing it are like oh well what about that thing what am i right.
1: what else can i explore that i thought was too boring to explore too ubiquitous to have nuance
0: Right. And Tracy and I have talked about this a bit at various points, but there is a problem in kind of the new agey, like magical, magical adjacent community where uh, white people like to take things from cultures that are not Mm -hmm. their own. And- Lady Speech Sankofa pointed out so wonderfully in her videos that if something from someone else's culture is calling to you, if a story is intriguing you, if a detail is exciting you, you should look at what it is in yourself. Because if it is a closed practice, it doesn't mean that you can't access that same excitement from something that's Mm -hmm. within you and And the
1: biggest thing is to listen to the people whose practices cultures whatever you're trying to understand and explore because there's a lot of them there's so many of them that say we love sharing our culture with you you know i've seen another really good tiktok about like someone saying like hey this is my broom and it's like oh, is that, like, can you explain what that is to me? It's like, yes, I use it for sweeping. Thank you for asking. It's part of my culture. You know, it's just a generic example. And it went through all the different ways of people approaching that and the person being so excited to share it with them. And then the last one was like, I'm going to take this and actually I've made a few improvements to it and I'm going to call it my own. Like that is the biggest problem, obviously. But so many cultures are so open to genuine curiosity and excitement. We all love sharing the things that we love. So if you approach it as I'm excited, I want to learn, and I want to follow the lead that you're setting to whatever you're comfortable sharing, I don't want people to be afraid of doing that because I know it can feel like it's too touchy to even approach. And that's, that's another problem, too. Not exploring things is also a problem.
0: Right. Yeah. And I think you and I had a lot of podcast work to do during this break and also a lot of life to do during this little break. <laughs> and I think think that the incorporation of specifically Christianity, sometimes other Abrahamic religions, but I'll say specifically Christianity into other non-secular elements of our culture, our government, for example, mm-hmm. makes people f- who desire a spirituality or a story that is... I want to say more nuanced than what daily society can provide. They feel like they're disconnected from that. And so I would just encourage people to like dive a little deeper, go a little Mm -hmm. deeper into whatever it is that you're reading about. Go, go (laughs) pre-Inquisition. Go to other corners of your own ancestry, your own excitement and that I just feel so grateful that she's putting out that content because this is something that we talk about you and I all the time, all the oh, time yeah. we talk. And I hearing another voice saying it differently and saying new things is just so gosh darn refreshing.
1: Yes. I learned oh, so that was much. A great something good that made that made me happy.
0: I was not super coherent about it. So again, everyone, please go look up Lady Speech Kofa because you should hear it from the horse's mouth. And also, specifically right now, please support Black content creators on TikTok. There's a lot going on with content creation and content thievery. So I encourage you in every social media that you use, especially TikTok, to go back to the original video with the original sound and interact with that person.
1: Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) So I think we... Did it? I think we've got a chapter four. We're back, baby. <laughs> We're back, baby. We've got so many fun things planned. So many fun, exciting stuff coming up for Spooky Season. Maybe a guest? Who knows? Ooh. Ooh. It's very exciting. So, with all of that said, thank you so much for joining us here today. And remember that stories grow with the telling. So, if you like what we do, tell a friend or tell a foe, and. We'll see you soon. Okay?
0: Thank you so much for joining us for the Willing and Fable podcast. This episode was written and produced by Tracy Harrison and Rowan Hall. That's me. Our music was written and performed by Taylor Ash, and our logo is by Jamie Harrison. If you ever want to watch or read what we're reading, head over to willingandfable.com for our show notes and custom merch. Or find us at Willing and Fable on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok to join the discussion. We hope you'll rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast using your favorite listening source. And check out Willing and Fable on Patreon, where we have more than a few surprises for you, including custom artwork, stories and access to our secret Discord channel. And of course, join us next time for another round of original retellings and in-depth research on the history, mystery, and mythology that makes the world so fascinating. ¶¶